The UPMC sports medicine experts in Central PA are here to help keep you in the game and improve your quality of life, no matter your age or activity level. Visit upmc.com slash centralpa sportsmed to learn more. Welcome back to another exciting video from the PA High School Podcast. I'm Nebby Asai, Brian Lender. This week, we also have two of our special colleagues on with us, Eric Epler and Dan Sostick. Fellas, how you doing? Doing good, Nebby. Good, Nebby. <laughs> how are you? Bring the excitement, guys. Let's go. It's big time of the big time of the year. That's why we're all here. Yeah, it's just a full house. I'm afraid to say anything and jump over at three other three other voices. But well, I checked my I checked my uh, contract and it, and it says I do have to. Uh, Parade around with you guys for at least forty-five minutes a week, so we're okay. <laughs> right. Well, I just drink my uh, all-black coffee, poured a little bit of the uh, adaptogens in there, the little uh, like four sigmatic mushrooms, you know, so it really gets you revved up. So I'm ready to go. I could, if I had two hips, I would run through a wall right now. So, <laughs> you know, usually when we get this podcast started, I ask Brian how he's doing, fellas, but. This week, we have a, a very unique podcast. We got all of us sports reporters on here to talk about media day, the upcoming football season, and a few other things. So, Brian, if you want to go ahead and lead the conversation and, and pave the way, we'll follow right behind you. Yeah, so we wanted to have everybody on here because we have been doing a lot at Penn Lab. All of us have sort of been in the lab uh, cooking and getting ready for this season. Uh, you go back to last week, we had our media day. We had all the teams in the mid-pan come through. Uh, I swear I cut my um, email off, but there it goes dinging again. So Megan, our producer, is going to yell at me. But uh, anyway, we've, we've all been in the lab cook, and we had media day last week. We, have, we had some big stories last week, some preseason stuff. Nebby, last week, you know, you helped me last week. We we wrote the story, um, the Big 33, mm-hmm. you know, never having a black coach. Right. Was- six years. That's incredible. Um, And I know you, you know, we, we double-checked the coaches and had a really good talk with Gary Cassell about that. and. You know, that's another story we've been following, and I think there's going to be some really interesting and positive changes coming up there. But really, we have media day, and all you guys were out there at it. Mid-pin teams come through, and uh, guys, it was a great day, right? I mean, what stood out in you guys' mind? And, and let's talk about media day and some of the guys you saw and were kind of surprised by and, and what we found out of it. Well, I mean, I guess you kind of start with the, the first people to show up. Who are, who are Steel High and Bishop McDevitt, which, as it stands right now, they feel like the two. If you're going to pick pick out of a pick out of the entire litter of the mid pen, which teams have the best chance of being state champions at the end of the year? It's going to be McDevitt, and it's going to be Steel High, and they were there early. Uh, the probably the not probably I would say I would say it's pretty inarguable. The two best QBs in the mid pen conference, Alex Irby and Stone Saunders, were there. Um, just catching up with them. Both teams seem super confident, seem really happy with the work they've done this offseason. I mean, they're both programs that are just used to winning. And um, I think that'll be kind of fun back and forth. You know, you know, obviously at Penn Live, we care about the wins and losses. We care about the games. But there's also a little bit of fun, you know, having two high-profile quarterback prospects. And kind of, you know, it'll be a little fun to watch them compare their stats week to week and see, um, <laughs> see who wins the touchdown battle there. But, um, yeah, that was – that was definitely the first highlight. Uh, I'll um, send over to App if he had anything else uh, he wanted to talk about. 
What I like about Media Day is not only this fun atmosphere, and you got you obviously get to meet some a new coach here and there, actually who's who's taken over the program sometimes from outside the you know quote unquote bubble of Mid Penn Conference, which is interesting. But I like the fact that when they come in waves, and when I say waves, they come in. We bring in a Liberty Division for an hour and a few minutes. Commonwealth, Liberty, uh, um, you know, Keystone, Colonial, they all come in together. I like the fact that you get you get guys a chance to kind of size them up. The other guys are sizing everybody up a little bit in sort of a fun way before they actually get down to the gritty and put on pads and go with it. So I like that part of it. And you get to ask questions too, like, all right, listen, you know, you're looking over at Lower Dolphin. What do you, what do you think of those guys? And you get some interesting answers from kids too. And they're so regimented, starting this week with heat, um, and then next week starts camp. Everything's <laughs> regimented then. So it's nice to have them in a fun atmosphere, and, you know, feeding pizza. I, the mountain of pizza boxes was incredible to me. <laughs> we got to thank JoJo's Pizza and Pasta. I, I yeah. think they gave us 300 pizzas, large pizzas, over the course of two days. It was ridiculous, but it's fabulous to see. So that's the part I enjoy about it. Before they get down to the nitty-gritty, to kind of catch these guys in the last few days before uh, before everything gets really serious. Yeah, you know, JoJo's Pizza and Pasta, you mentioned them. Renewal by Anderson of Central PA, uh, members first. Uh, you know, this is a big day. It costs a lot of money to sort of put this together. Um, and, and we do a couple of them for different sports. And, and those guys coming through with food and then, you know, our two sponsors really made this a big day. But you know, you started off, Dan, talking about Steel High and Bishop McDevitt. Um, maybe I'm just skipping right over you because I know you're going to talk for an hour like I do. You've been <laughs> learning from me. Uh, <laughs> but we're, we're, we're now, we record this 17 days from Emotep and Bishop McDevitt. And the thing that I always like about Media Day is, like, it's really reeled in. You know, we, we cover football all year round, but it really starts to clock ticking in your mind. It, you know, we're, we're getting ready for football season. And guys, I am so excited about that first week. That Chambersburg show, uh, Peach Bowl Showcase is going to be special um, just from some of the matchups. But I am super excited to see what McDevitt can do against that MOTEP defense. And I don't know if you guys talked to them any about that, but uh, if you did, what are we hearing um, on that? One um, fun kind of small story to just kind of give me an excuse, you know, walk up to pretty much every player I could and just, Chow them for like 30 seconds while they're waiting in line or something. I went around to um the basically every kid and asked them which play opposing player on your schedule are you most looking forward to going against? And I um I believe both Marquise Williams and Stone Saunders both said um Samaj Bridgman of uh, uh Emotep. So I I think that tells you all you know. They're really they're really looking forward to chow. They both said it wasn't a um like where we want to, you know. We want to go truck stick him. They were like, he's really good. We are really good. We want to see what happens. And I think that's that's kind of how that matchup um, best him. But they specifically mentioned that. So I think I don't think they're looking at it as just another game. I think it's a showcase chance for both teams, probably. I think uh, Epler and I were talking. Ep, you predict that it might be a, a close game out there in that one. I do. Yeah, I think it will be close. I mean, I think right now, probably if you had to. If you had to look for edges, I think probably offensively, McDevitt's obviously probably a slight edge in there. But I think defensively, you're probably looking at Imhotep maybe a step 
better right now. And then there's some tremendous defensive guys on Bishop McDevitt. But, you know, it always sometimes it always takes one side of the ball to kind of get there. And I think Imhotep, uh doing what they did last year uh, and having the guys back that they had last year, I mean, there's probably on that side of the football, there could be potentially six to seven big D1 guys uh, for Imhotep either now or next year. So I think they may have a slight advantage defensively. Now, they're going to need the help because obviously McDevitt's offense should be clicking on all cylinders right from the get-go. So that's going to be a very intriguing game. I mean, it, you know, in the grand scheme, it only helps both teams, um, no matter what the outcome is. Um, it, it's all kind of steam leaning toward the playoffs. Um, so I, I look for a great I – I think it's going to be pretty competitive. I don't know how clean of a football game it can be in week one, you know, starting out against a big-time opponent like that. Uh, there, it, it could be a little messy uh, as far as penalties and turnovers and things like that. But just the athleticism on the field can't be can't be denied. I, I think maybe and I've talked about this. I, I feel like it's like the perfect like see where you're at game, especially when you're counting down to the end of the season where you're probably going to have to play Aliquippa again. Because I think there's some similarities. I think Emotep's a better defensive team than Aliquippa, but I, I think I don't think they're going to run the ball. I mean, I don't think they're going to throw the ball a lot. Like the Quips don't throw the ball a lot, and they got a running back who's committed to Georgia. So I think there's going to be a little bit better of a defensive test. And, you know, Emotep has some big offensive linemen, too. They're going to run right at him. So, you know, you, know, you and I have talked about that a good bit, how this could be – this is a really good measuring stick, too, for McGregor. Yeah, you know, Brian, Eric, and Dan, that's one of the things I was going to get to. Um, we spoke with Danny Lansana a few months ago here on this podcast. Harrisburg alum uh, went and played professional football, played at UConn. And he's one of the defensive coaches at Bishop McDevitt currently. And he said, this is the talk of the town right now. This is the game everyone is looking forward to in week one. McDevitt's extremely excited. Emotep is certainly excited. Two of the best teams, arguably on paper, in the state of Pennsylvania. Two state title contender teams. And it's it's definitely going to be a big showcase. We just got done speaking with Athletic Director Ron Corsi from Chambersburg. Put together the Peach Bowl. He says that he's telling everyone in Chambersburg to come out to this main event. And, of course, you've got other teams going to be participating in the Peach Bowl as well, not to take away from Bishop McDevitt High School, but still high. You know, Andrew Irby and his crew are very excited about the matchup they have against Bishop Canavan. Um, Harrisburg is playing a very good team in St. Vincent Pilate out of Maryland. Um, William Penn York will be playing Whittling Hills and so on and so forth. But this Peach Bowl is going to be one of the more premier football showcases we've seen in a very long time. Defensively, I think I agree with Brian. Emotep has much of an edge on Aliquippa, but offensively, I mean, you got Stone Saunders, a kid who's going to be an All-American at the end of his career when it's all said and done. Marquise Williams, a Minnesota commit football running back, and Riley Rebell, who's just a bully. Then you got the Rico Scotts and so on and so forth. So it's it's definitely going to come down to the wire, and I agree with Epler. I think it's going to be a very close game. I was just going to say, just to kind of piggyback on what Nebby said too, um, you've got you've got three you got really like three marquee matchups you know with our teams involved at this Peach Bowl showcase in Chambersburg. Uh, the Steel High Canavan game could be every bit as good uh, or or as anticipated. It won't be because it's a, you know it's a single A battle, but Canavan most people will forget Canavan returns a ton to a team that finished fifth in the final rankings last last season. And obviously, we've talked a lot about Steel High, and we'll continue to talk about the Rollers and their high-powered offense 
And to me, the big thing about this game for Steel High is again, it's a it's a it's a win win for the Rollers to take this team on or this team early, and for Canavan running into the Whippeals. But to me, Steel High has been there's been so much talk about the high octane weapons like we do at Bishop McDevitt. You know, we talk about Stone Saunders, we talk about Marquise Williams and Steer Bowers, and so on and so on and so on. The offense to me, the guys up front coming back for Steel High makes this a more intriguing year and possibly a state championship caliber year for Steel High. When you yep. talk about Andrew Irby Jr., you talk about Green, you talk about a couple of those guys that these guys have all played since freshman year. And it's it's an impressive list of offense or linemen. I should say offense because they're going to be playing both ways. But it's an impressive list of linemen at Steel High that has me most excited about this team. Yeah, and I think they got some guys too still hot that are going to surprise some people. Uh, you know, I, I keep – you guys saw him in 707s. I think the Quan McCraw kid is – I Yeah, I've been beating the drum on him. He is – I mean, he's a state a state bronze medalist in hurdles. Mm-hmm. He, he, said, he, he said he came here, he had no idea if he was even going to medal or anything in track. He just kind of, you know, wanted to do it. Turns out he's one of the best and one of the best state um, states for track in the country. I mean – he is he yeah I, I was jumping in saying three one ninety good athlete like Dan said I think he only had like twelve catches last year he's not on a lot of people's radar but I think people who saw him through the summer and just saw his progression as an athlete uh, I think well what Steel High does he's going to be you know really good and then they got J- Andrew Irby said he runs a sub four four forty so I mean that's that'll that'll play well, I don't know about that because I always tell test. people go look at the NFL Combine numbers and only. A few small yeah. amount of people on earth. He's already a second round pick. If he's Irby, if you're listening, he's already a second round pick. If he's sub four four. Right. I I feel like in addition to the Irby's and the McCraws and all those other guys on that still high team, you got the Jayon Perry's and the Rel Caesars as well, who are just very efficiently offensively and show up each time for their team. But you know, we'll be back with more of this football talk after a word with our sponsor, UPMC. The UPMC sports medicine experts in Central PA are here to help keep you in the game and improve your quality of life, no matter your age or activity level. Visit upmc.com slash centralpasportsmed to learn more. And we're back, fellas. We just got done talking about Still High and their elite program. Um, but, you know, in addition to Still High, like we talked about, we got some some big teams in this football showcase coming up. We mentioned St. Vincent Pelotti, who will be matching up with Harrisburg um, in that same showcase. And, I mean, what do you guys think about this Harrisburg team and some of the guys returning? I know they have our reigning Penn Live Defensive Player of the Year and Terrell Reynolds and Athlete probably of the Year when it's all said and done, Kyle Williams Jr. and Sean Lee. I mean, how do you guys feel about this team in this matchup? No, I've, the way I view it is, you know, I kind of, when I said the two teams were the most most likely to win a state championship um, in the mid pen, the only reason I didn't put Harrisburg is because six A is obviously such a tough, such a battle. But they'll be right there too. I think they're. I mean, last year they had a really weird year too to start the year where they had some COVID cancellations and they had some frustration and they had young kids kind of at key positions. Now they're a really kind of veteran group with a ton of talent. You kind of mentioned a lot of them. I'd also mention, you know, Kymer Williams um, as well. Uh, they've they've got a ton of talent. I mean, they're not the biggest roster for a six A team, but boy, everybody on that team can play. And there, I feel like it's going to be another year where 
you're going to be lucky to put three touchdowns on them in a game. That defense is going to be nasty. They're, uh, Coach Cal Everett always has that team ready to kind of compete at a really high level. And I think um, the key player is going to be either um, – it's going to be Sean Lee. I think if he can really step up at quarterback um, – uh, or is it Kyle Lewis Curry if it ends up being him? Because they've got two young quarterbacks that they both really like. I think that's going to be what helps them take a step further. Because the one thing you could kind of nitpick about them last year is that they would stall a lot in the red zone when teams could kind of load up on Makai Hopkins and Kyle Williams. And if they can just improve a little bit with those young quarterbacks taking another step and another year of um, experience and kind of turn those four and outs in the red zone into touchdowns, I mean, they're going to be right in the mix to advance in the States in 6A, I think. You you mentioned the defense, and, you know, you look at Terrell Reynolds, who had 22 and a half sacks. Ron Epps had a really good year there last year, too, in the defensive line. And I know Epp, you like Micah Chambers. He had a big year. Nobody's really talking about him. Micah Chambers was a second-team sort of all-star for us because he had, like, 80 tackles and, like, 10 or 11 sacks. He's really good. But I'll tell you guys one of the things that I'm excited about. Harrisburg did lose a couple big guys, Roy Irvin and Tyshawn Black, who were longtime starters for them. They've Since I've been here now, probably getting close to seven years, they've had one of the better offensive fronts in the mid-pen. they got a few guys that they need to see who, you know, fit in there. But I think they went into last year sort of looking, still trying to figure out their offensive identity. And then when they figured out that they could run the ball like they could with Makai Hopkins and stuff, I think that that really got him going in a way. But I think this year, I really think Kyle Williams Jr. has a chance to be our offensive player of the year because he was sort of a receiver his first two years. He really was a receiver. Um, but I think they probably I think they have a better idea how they're gonna use him as a more versatile back out of that backfield. He caught 70 passes last year. I ran for 70 yards. I think they're gonna use him in a lot of creative ways and give him an opportunity to have some big plays. But uh I, I really like I like the idea of what Kyle might be able to do. And they got Big Makai back, who was gigantic, by the way. He was bigger than Terrell Reynolds up. Yeah, these guys, uh, there's a lot of great moving parts on this Harrisburg football team. You mentioned, too, that the one thing that is unsettled is that offensive front. And there are some good guys coming back, don't get me wrong. I mean, Connie Venerable has experience as a, as a sophomore, played quite a bit as a sophomore uh, last year. Uh, you mentioned um, uh, Tamir Jennings uh, along the offensive front, too. He's a big guy, 285, I think, on a senior uh, coming back. But there's still some spots to kind of fill in there. To me, Tyshawn Black was a, was, is a big loss for them, a very big loss for them, because he was the guy who was the just, uh, just a, a freak you know, uh, engine up front on defense for them that really kind of set the tone. He opened up a lot for those guys on the edges, too. Uh, you mentioned Chambers had a superior year as a sophomore, was really overshadowed um, on that defense. So there's a lot of really strong moving parts on this Harrisburg defense. The secondary is going to be fine. There, there, there isn't going to be a problem in the secondary. They've got guys who can really lock down there, Williams obviously being one of them. But you're right, Brian, about Williams. I think they'll use him mostly as a running back. Uh, I think there'll be a lot of slip passes into the flanks to him. I think you'll see a lot of jet sweeps on this football team. Uh, just something to get these guys to the edge because if they get to the edge can kind of hide that little lack of depth, if you will, uh, along the offensive front and get to the edge quickly, then these guys, that's where they're most dangerous. So 
to me, Harrisburg is the D3 favorite uh, in 6A. So I see them making a push in the States. I really do. Uh, it's just about depth right now up front. And, and for Calvin Everett, just finding those one or two more guys up front to kind of bolster that unit. And then I think everything's going to be fine for the Cougars. And Epp, I think you mentioned um, one of the good things about media days, sizing guys up. Yeah. Well, Makai Hopkins was there. And I mean, standing next to him, I would not want to be a linebacker trying to tackle Makai Hopkins at Jack all. He is as Back big truck. a run. And it's, and it's and it's and it's the scary big. It's not like the it it is a this is gonna hurt if uh you're gonna if he lowers his shoulder into you. We didn't even mention Amir Jones either, who's yeah, uh, right. arguably one of their best weapons on the entire team. He's set up to have a really good year. Um, you know, he's so versatile. He's gonna be a linebacker, but he is athletic enough that they did line him up at corner sometimes. And he Covered guys just yeah. fine. So, but, uh, you know, back. Dan and I were at that seven on seven at Susquehanna Township High School, and Amir Jones was just a nightmare for every contender. I mean, ultimately, they end up beating Cumberland Valley in the championship game um, at the Susquehanna uh, High School football field. But Amir lined up at receiver. He was at safety some, he was at corner some, and he thrives at linebacker. And he has an offer from UConn right now. So the kid is just as versatile as anyone on this team. And is such a great, uh, you know, weapon. I, you know, I think they're going to be your typical Harrisburg team in that way. Like, even the Amir Granberry kid, who's kind of, you know, he's not very big, but he's kind of quick. And so they're going to have guys who, and they can out, they're going to be out, out, out athlete a lot of guys at a lot of positions. Um, but I wanted to say, too, back to Kyle Williams real, real quick. I think he went into last season as a good player, but probably a middle-of-the-road college prospect as a receiver. And then when Harrisburg started seeing what he could do as a running back, I think when you combine that with his skill, I talked to him going into the season. He talked about how he worked on his ability to change direction, his balance, stuff like that. He's been, and you could see it in some of this. I wasn't at practice. I've been watching film of, the, of, of him at practice. He's quicker, guys, and he's more explosive. It's going to be a nightmare when they're just banging guys up in the middle with this uh, Makai Hawkins kid who, again, is bigger than Terrell Reynolds, who's like 6'3 and two. 230, their defensive end, and then and then hitting you in the, with uh, Kyle on the outside and, and the short passes. So, and Sir Kane Venable, one of the best names, and Sir Kane in the mid 10. So, we spent a lot of time talking about some of our best teams, guys, uh, and, and a lot of all of that again comes out of Media Day. Anything else stood out from Media Day? Any any guys you come through? Anybody we want to talk about in the mid 10 who, after Media Day and after going through our, we've already kind of surveyed all our teams. You guys put all that together. Our football edition is coming out that first weekend before the season. Anything sticking out in you guys' minds about guys you think people should look out for? We put out our all-star teams, too. Our preseason all-star teams, just kind of a projection of who we think might be the best. But anybody you guys want to shout out, you think, you know, going to record, they're going to have a good year this year. I'll tell you who is super confident. And some people who don't follow that closely, but may have, you know, read some of the stuff and seen, you know, this team went 10-0, uh, won a playoff game, whatever, last year, but lost some guys is Shippensburg. A lot of people are going to look at Anthony Smith graduating, the Minnesota, you know, three, four-star commit, uh, defensive end, and be uh, kind of, you know, maybe get think they'll take a step back. Uh, I will tell you that those three kids and Coach Eric Faust are super confident this team is not going to take a step back. They're really confident in the culture they have there. Um, they've got a senior quarterback, which is always a good start, and Tucker Chamberlain, who 
I have, I thought, you know, really showed some, some nice flashes um, connecting with who I think we had on the preseason all-star team at wide receiver, Irby Weller, probably one of the more kind of, you know, he, he doesn't get a tie. Well, we gave him some shine, but uh, it's kind of hard to get shine, you know, when you're playing at Chippensburg sometimes, but he's one of the best receivers in the mid pen. He's super explosive. They've, they're always going to have a really nasty defensive front. They've got the best fullback name, probably the mid pens ever seen in diesel Kozer. And, you know, like I said, I really think that that's a team that just, it's in that culture that they're going to win football games. They're going to win a lot of games. They're opening up to, this is fun. They're opening up against Cedar Cliff, who eliminated last them last year in a kind of big upset um, at home at Chippensburg. They lost the game last year. They are fired up for that game um, against the Cedar Cliff team that lost a lot of players. So that there might be an immediate statement um, made by the Greyhounds early on. They've really, you know, they've been building for a while now that they really want to win, you know, that, at 5A bracket, and uh, I think that they, some people might be surprised how little of a step back they take, if any, and maybe even a step forward this year from a 10-0 season. I think they're going to be really good. I'll throw one out there from the Commonwealth Division, and this is a club that, um, you know, really went through a hard sort of decade um, before kind of gaining a little steam last, last year and heading into the playoffs, 6A playoffs is Carlisle. Carlisle's sort of a team right now that, that has a lot of buzz behind it. There are a couple Commonwealth coaches who aren't particularly uh, thrilled about going up against them, and that says a lot for a team that really hadn't made the playoffs, I believe, since like 2014 or 2015 uh, to make it last year. Um, obviously, first round casually, but that's something I think Carlisle is shooting for to kind of get over that hump, make it uh, you know, a round or two in the districts and maybe even further. Uh, Easy Thomas obviously is one of the is easily one of the mid pens uh, most electrifying players. Uh, he's been used. Can't believe you don't have all. I know. Well, again, it's always that stigma, Brian, about oh, he's only six foot and this and that. But this kid is just dynamic uh, in whatever he does. They lined him up in about fourteen different spots uh, the last couple of years. Uh, he will play quarterback, but he's also uh, Lewis Shank is also in a quarterback or returns. So there's going to be great kind of dual system there. Um, Carlisle is healthy, healthy with offensive linemen. So when you have a guy like Easy Thomas and you have a couple playmakers like Jeremiah Hargrove on the outside uh, and a few other guys, Luke August has been a great H-back for him. So when you had that, you know, that offensive front sort of established, and I'll name some guys, Logan Schmick is, is a big guy. Thomas Nelson is Charlie did is back as a senior. They've got a really good set up front. So that, that goes a long way and that catches a lot of wins along the way. Um, And that's something you certainly need in the Commonwealth. So Carlisle is a, is a mystery right now. I won't really call them a dark horse because they made that hay last, last year and got in, but Carlisle is one of those teams where you're waiting to see what they do. Um, So I'm impressed. They gave Harrisburg yeah. some issues last year. They they like they they were competitive in every game they kind of stepped out there last year. So I think that's a good pick. And you know what, fellas? Another team I would like to mention is the host of our 2022 uh, media day, Coach Oswald and the Cumberland Valley Eagles. Um, again, Dan and I were out there at that seven on seven at Susquehanna, and Isaac Signs and JD Hunter just have a, a connection that you don't see too often amongst two football players. 
JD's extremely versatile. He goes up, he grabs the ball wherever Isaac puts it. He's a nightmare on defense. He's just a pest. And then you got Isaac, who's just a fearless quarterback, right? He can run the ball. He can throw the ball well. And on defense, he can strap up. And two are also two-way players. I believe Isaac is a, a stellar baseball player. And I've watched JD strap up some 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 people on defense and basketball games. So two guys that are fearless and then their linebacker crew are just tremendous as well. So I think Cumberland Valley is going to be a team to watch out for in the mid-pen this season too. Yeah, and let me just throw one name out there. I'm not going to say too much more about it because I'm writing about him. But there's a 14-year-old offensive lineman on Cumberland Valley. And his name's Tyler Merrill. And he's 6'5", 300 pounds. And I'm just going to tell you just to remember that name because there's a lot of a lot of people in this program, yeah, a lot of people in this program who think we're going to be hearing a lot more about that name in the next few years. So just, just remember, he might not play a ton to start the year, but just remember that name because he will it, he will later on. I'm going to tell you guys a team that I, I don't think is on the level of those teams you named yet. And this will fire them up. But I think it's a really, really interesting team to watch this year and beyond. Trinity Shamrocks. They have some very good, a very good core of young talent. When I say young, I'm talking like freshman, sophomore uh, in, in, in there. Uh, they're getting a new stadium surface out there at Kobo. Um, Jordan Hills brought in, I think, some good coaches around him. They have some veteran guys, too, who are really interesting. Wyatt Cooper's a 6'6 tight end who, you know, is really kind of, he's a Stony Brook commit. He's kind of so far, it's like a measurables guy. 6'6", six, six, and he can run some. Uh, this could be a breakout type year for him. Matt Schlager, uh, Trey, Trey um, Wien, uh, the basketball player, who's uh, – I hope I'm pronouncing his name wrong. I butcher names. But, um, you know, he, he's a basketball player who's really starting to come on the football. They have some guys who I think are going to be interesting. And then they're going out and they're playing Wyoming like week four. And Roman Catholics coming to Harrisburg, which buckle the chin strap, boys. Uh, I, I, Roman's got about 30 D1 guys, I think. Tasio Denmark and those guys. And and uh, that, that's probably going to be a rough one for Trinity. And, you know, after Roman Catholic and Wyoming, people might think, you know, what is he talking about? But I think that's all by design. I think Jordan Hill's got a pretty good plan here in place. And I think they got some good young players. I think, you know, two years from now, three years from now, Trinity could be a problem for some people. Yeah, I agree with you, Brian. Yeah, you know, Tyler Rossi was a really big guy for them last year. They opened up with DeLone Catholic last year, and that was Jordan Hill's very first career win. They got DeLone Catholic again this year. So I'm in, I'm very excited to see what Trinity is going to do. And not to mention, like you said, they have a new football field in the works. So that's a lot of big things coming up for that program. I didn't even mention there, there's going to have a freshman running back this year who's got a Messiah Mickens who has an offer from Texas A&M. So. Yeah, and you mentioned Wyatt Cooper. I talked about asking the kids which matchup they're most looking forward to. He said he's looking forward to week one against Wild Miss and going against Javon Williams. So uh, the the Penn State commit, the, the state champion. I, that, if I was a defensive end, I would not look forward to that matchup, but at least that tells you he's got, he's got the competitive spirit in him. So. I, I think Wyatt Cooper, Wyatt Cooper, if you listen to this, I think you've got a ton of upside. Nobody's looking forward to going against Javon Williams this year. Though. That guy's a road grader, man, so. Buckle the chin strap, put the mouthpiece in, and just do your best, my man. Get, you know, get at him. So, 
Moving on. Let's move along, guys. We've been on the MIPCAM. It was a great media day. Stuff like that. Oh, you're getting ready to drop these. Uh, Eric Epler, uh, he's been doing this, I think. Uh, I'm 39. He's been doing it since I was uh, at Forest Hills Elementary School in Walterboro, South Carolina. Um, he's going to drop the state rankings. Yep, anything, you know, we're by the time this podcast come out, they'll be on pentlive.com. If you guys didn't miss it, you know, uh, go check out Epler's preseason state rankings and all of our content. But, Yep, anything standing out with these state rankings? Any teams that uh, you, you really looked at, you're really excited about, or just what sticks out in your mind about what, what you're getting ready to drop out there? Well, there were a couple classifications that were a lot more difficult uh, than in years past to kind of get behind, and uh, 5A would be one of them. Um, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to dish out any secrets uh, to say that MOTEP Charter is going to start number one uh, in 5A. Uh, obviously finishing in runner-up last year. They've got a ton of guys back. Uh, so you mentioned the benchmark game or a, a kind of a kind of a touchdown game with Bishop McDevitt to start off. So that'll be interesting uh, to see where they land. But aside from that, we had some, you know, we had some movement uh, in classifications. This is a new sort of two-year cycle. Uh, so some, some teams are up, some teams are down. Um, you know, the Philly sort of suburbs are where it gets interesting when you talk about 5A. Uh, you've got teams like Ridley. You've got teams like Upper Dublin, uh, Strathaven in District 1, Unionville in District 1, Westchester Ruston in District 1. All these teams are similar to that 6A clump in District 11 where your Parklands and Freedoms and Eastons all sort of beat each other up. Uh, that's kind of the case with District 1 and 5A. So 5A was a difficult um, one to kind of produce. That was the last one I worked. Uh, I worked a few days um, collecting notes and things like that to get 5A situated. Um, I don't think it's any a, a secret, too, that Bishop McDevitt's going to be a high ranking in 4A. Uh, we will see another uh, District 3 team uh, inside the top 10 in 4A. I'll let that, I'll let that slide and that be a little bit of a surprise. Um, and a team like Mannheim Central is interesting. Um, I'm not going to tell you if they're in or not, but um, sliding down from 5A to 4A. They have 4A now this cycle. Um, you know, maybe we get a little renewal of that uh, little bit of little rivalry with McDevitt that they've had when, when both were 3A and the old four. When we, when we lived with only four classifications, you know, prior to 2016. So, uh, so that'll be interesting to see on them, too. There's other teams in District 3, too, obviously, are going to be highly ranked. Uh, why I'm missing is a team, Brian, we talked about um, for a while. Uh, they've just been – they're one of the benchmark programs in, in AAA and obviously in District 3, too. So uh, they're going to be highly ranked as well. And then if I'm, if I'm looking for a three-tweener, I think York Catholic and 2A could be interesting. Obviously, Eric DePew is now the head coach at Redland. Um, so he, that's a different head coach. It's, it could be a different system. Um, but they've got a nice running back back and they've got a couple nice linemen back too. So they could make a difference here in two A. at least, you know, two A's is an interesting for district three. There's only seven district three teams, two A Trinity being among them, uh, and your Catholic, the lone Catholic teams like that. So that'll be interesting. But, uh, yeah, I don't think there's going to be a lot of surprises on who's going to be inside. Uh, there may be some teams to watch that uh, that people look at and go, okay, we need to watch these. Check out these guys and keep track. I'm going to tell you guys what. You know, we're, we're doing, um, you know, over the next two weeks, we're going to have a bunch of things from rankings. Uh, uh, we're doing player prospect rankings too. We're doing previews, all that stuff. 
doing the player prospect rankings, I was going through Wyoming missing again. And I don't know who wants to play those guys up front because it's not just Javen Williams. It's the Payson Ziegler kid. It's the Brewer kid. They're 6'4", 6'5", 280, 300 across the front with guys who can move and hurt guys. Uh, <laughs> and uh, they're going to be tough again this year, man. They're going to really beat some teams up. Well, we need to preface that too. I mean, the, the you know there were there were six All State kids on that team last year, okay, and a couple of, only a couple are back. But you know the way they played and sort of that inspired football against Central Valley in last year's three uh, A final was was tremendous, and it just showed it just showed you the type of program that that is. Um, Central Valley, by the way, is now up in four A, so um, <laughs> it's not like Wyoming is going to have to deal with them. But it'll be – it's still, obviously, it's a long road. Uh, I think they stood – they just on their merits alone and what who returns, they should be considered a, you know, a state final, final you know, challenger. Um, but, yeah, now being part two of the LL, the big merger between Berks County, uh, you know, folding in, into the LL, we now have two mega leagues in District 3. Obviously, the Mid-Pen and uh, whatever they're calling the LL. I don't even know. Does anybody know? Berks – Lancaster, Lancaster Burks League or something like that. Lancaster, yeah, okay. So, uh, so yeah, so 60, what, 74 of our 90-some teams are in two leagues. So, fun. It will be fun, guys. Look, we, we, we've been going 40 minutes. We're supposed to go about 30 on these things. We've touched on a lot of stuff. Nebby's smiling. Nebby, what else you got, <laughs> my man? No, I think we pretty much hit a lot of topic areas today. You know, media day being the main focal point. And then we talked about a lot of teams that can disrupt a lot of momentum this season um, and cause a lot of havoc. You know, you got teams out of the LL, teams in the Mid-Pen Conference, teams out of Philly like Emotep, and you got the Roman Catholics and the New Magarettis. But it's going to be an interesting year, to say the least. Again, we have the Premier Elite Showcase with uh, Chambersburg's Peach Bowl to start off the football season. And just make sure you're coming here to the PA High School Football Report mm-hmm. each week. Yeah, we have a ton of content coming, you know, from features, you know, Dan's got a great feature on the Tyler uh, on, on the Cumberland Valley kid. Uh, and, and like I said, by the time, you know, this comes out, this podcast comes out, you guys will be able to go on the website and read it. I mean, they're talking about this kid could, could be a big time prospect and and from Epler's rankings. And you know, we're going to get into the weekly rankings and prospect rankings and, and great features. Um, we got a ton of stuff coming, guys. And only like two weeks to get a lot of it out. Uh, and then the calm before the storm, still a storm. Then it's football season. So I'll leave you guys with this. I think Epler claims to have kicked a 50 yard field goal one time. Uh, it was a 52 yarder, but I also shanked a 19 yarder. Yeah. We need to, we need to figure out a way to create a time machine and get young Epler if, if, up here for the next media day and challenge all these football players to athletic contests. I think that would be, that's the best media day of all time. I'm putting bounty on if there's any film of Epler kicking a 50-yard, 52-yard field goal. I'm putting a bounty out there. Bring it. And I'll Listen, I, 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 I won't say that there's, there's footage of the 52-yarder, but there is, if you're really savvy on the computer, there is footage of the 19-yard shank. I don't know if you guys <laughs> know old McDevitt Field, but you kick in. It basically was a dinosaur graveyard. There are, there are dinosaurs buried at this place, the pit. <laughs> It's called, it, it was the original rock pile. I named it rock pile and it stuck. And down into the, you, you, you basically kicked into a corner where there was a rock wall. 
and it shielded. There was woods, and it went down on the Market Street. It was like a 200-foot drop down on the Market Street. The shank was so bad from 19 yards, the ball went over the wall, and it rolled down on the Market Street. That's how awful it was. Now, but you know where I'm talking about. Absolutely. This, yeah, old Mr. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's how awful it was. So there is footage out there of that. But yes, the 52 yarder is legit. Kenlive.com, guys, keep checking for our content. Maybe we'll find this photo of Eric shanking his kick and post it up. <laughs> Anything else, guys? Nebby, if not, tell them what to do. Brian said it best. Make sure you tune in to Penlive.com and subscribe for all of our exclusive content. Thank you to our colleagues, Dan and Eric Epler, for joining us today. Until next time, folks. The UPMC sports medicine experts in Central PA are here to help keep you in the game and improve your quality of life, no matter your age or activity level. Visit upmc.com slash central PA sports med to learn more.